0: Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
1: And here we are, Raider Nation, live and on location to start off another week. And I tell you, it feels like it's been about a week since I've been on the radio. I get in those moods. I tell you all the time, I get greedy for extra airtime. I'll tell you, on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and even Sunday, I was itching to get on the radio and just talk and talk. And talk some more, of course, the Raiders coming off the big win over the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving in prime time action, 36-33. to 33. Uh, Man, what a heck of a game, what a heck of an atmosphere. It was great to be in attendance. Got plenty of stories from being in Dallas and being in Central Texas also over the weekend. Uh, got to hang out and see some uh, family and friends. But, man, I'm blessed. I am blessed beyond... Any kind of – I can't even put it in words. I can't even describe how blessed I am to be back on the radio here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We do it every Monday night for Monday Night Football. Uh, Tonight it will be Seattle and the Washington football team. Oh, by the way, the Washington football team is the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Blacks. So something to pay attention to tonight, something I'll be looking at in this game, just looking at the ins and outs of the team. Don't think that they're a very good team as a whole think they're really good defensively. They don't have Chase Young, but they still have a front. They can get to the quarterback. So it will be interesting. Again, it's not a game that I look at and say, oh, man, can't wait to watch Seattle and Washington. But because the Raiders do play them next, I will be paying attention, and you can be paying attention as well here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Uh, The Underground Lounge is the location. We're here. Got plenty of TVs. Uh, When I walked in, as soon as I hit this area, the little Underground Lounge area, hit the bar scene, a couple people talked to me, including the bartender, and she said, Q, I'm going to need you, and this is exactly how she said it, the tone she said it, I'm going to need you to get some folks here because it's Monday and I need to get a little bit busier here. You know, I want to prepare and get busy uh, before Monday night football, so I'm going to need you to get some folks to come on and hang out. I need you to get Raider Nation, call Raider Nation and and, and tell them to, to come hang out at the Underground Lounge and watch the game and get some good beverages and some good food. And so, Raider Nation, I'm calling you out. If you're around the area, Stop on by. Oyo Hotel and Casino, Underground Lounge. Gonna be here through at least halftime of the game tonight, depending on how the game goes, maybe a little bit longer. And matter of fact, the bartender's so cool. This is the story she was telling me. That on Thanksgiving when the Raiders were playing, she was actually on vacation in the Dominican Republic, and instead of watching what she was supposed to be watching, what she was there for, she was actually on her phone watching the Raider Cowboy game making sure that the Raiders got that dove. And she said, I was sitting on the edge of my seat. People kept asking me about what's going on uh, here at the venue and at the event, and I couldn't pay attention because that game had me so much on the edge of the seat. So uh, that's kind of a cool little story right there because I, I don't know about you, but if I'm in the Dominican Republic, I might, be, I might be tending to some other business. You know, it might not be a football game, might not be the first on my agenda. But shout-out to her for being locked in on the Raiders and Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And so I know that, Raider Nation, you were locked in. There was 93,000 fans at the game in Jerry's World. It was amazing, 38 million people viewed the game somehow, some way. Uh, it was so funny, I went to I went to my old barbershop in Central Texas on uh, on Saturday morning, and there was cowboy fans. And I'll tell you, the other cool thing about being in Texas and spending a couple days there as well, was the fact that I got to listen to some radio that was cowboy-friendly radio. I was listening to, I was actually a guest on 105.3 The Fan leading up to the game, but it was so funny listening to those guys and hearing them, I mean, they I know that we have moments here on Radio Nation Radio 920 where the fans are ready for meltdowns. I get it. I know that there's times when people text in or tweet at me, and there's times that I'm frustrated. But, man, just hearing the tones from those guys that were covering the team, either beat writers or radio guys, and, of course, the fan base, there was no expectations whatsoever that the Raiders were going to go in there and get that victory. They all – just knew that that was going to be easy Cowboys dub and they were going to hand the Raiders the business, and obviously that did not happen. And, man, they were doing everything and anything – Calling Dak Prescott out. He's not a very good quarterback. They gave $40 million to the wrong guy. I heard that. Uh, The Raiders can't stop the run, and you can't get Zeke Elliott or Tony Pollard going. Um, There was all kinds of stuff. Mike McCarthy's a terrible head coach, by the way. He's tested positive for COVID, so he's out this Thursday against New Orleans. There was just so much to hear and so much anger, and I never root for someone to be angry or miserable. But, man, it felt kind of good to actually hear that the silver and black caused that. You know, it actually was kind of nice to hear that the Raiders caused the whole fan base and, and beat Riders. I even saw beat Riders. This is something I never see. This is something I never see, and I promise you that you would never see it from someone who covers the Raiders, that you just wouldn't. I saw people, like, cussing out the officials on Twitter. I saw people cussing out Mike McCarthy on Twitter, and these are guys that cover the team, not fans, but, team that, but, but guys that cover the team professionally. I couldn't believe it. I just I, I honestly couldn't believe it. And maybe I'm being naive, but I don't think so. I know nobody on Raider Nation Radio 920. I don't care if the Raiders are getting blasted 490, are ever going to come out and be like, "Blank you, Rich Pesachia. Blank you, officials." You know, I I just it was it was crazy. It was so much that I heard, so much that I saw, and to know that that was caused by well, what the Raiders were able to do in their home, you know, in 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 the Cowboys Cowboys uh Palace that they have there called Jerry's World. It was it was pretty crazy, but I was so happy for Raider Nation, a victory that obviously the Raiders really needed to have after going on a three-game losing streak. It was cool to talk to the players and coaches following the game and almost seeing that sigh of relief. Rich Basaccia will never, and he met with the media earlier today, he'll never come out and say that, hey, you know, they needed that win so bad or, man, uh, you know, that, that win meant everything or, you know, because he's going to take it real cool, play it, you know, even keel. Uh, one week at a time, one game at a time, and I respect that. But I know for a fact that all those players and the coaches in that locker room were just give one big sigh of relief once they picked up that victory on, uh, on Thanksgiving. Of course, it's been a couple of days to go ahead and let that sink in, so don't have to recap the whole game. But, man, I'll tell you, Raider Nation, I just want to salute you and give you just a big, hey, congratulations, because that was a victory that everyone, everyone needed uh, in, in Raider Nation and anyone wearing the silver and black, they needed it as well. Throughout the course of the show today, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. And, of course, we have the Dash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. That's 69187, keyword R&R. What you do is you put the, you put your text, you put R&R first, R-N-R. You put that no, I'm kidding. Just kidding. Rewind. Erase that. You put 69187 first. That's your that's the phone number, six nine one eight seven. Then the first thing you put in the message is RNR space. And then put your message, and we'll be sure to get it and we'll get it on the air as well. So whatever way is easier for you to interact with us, definitely do it at 702 365 9200 or again the Salmon Ash text line, 69187 keyword RNR. Coming up on today's show, 230. Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, you know he joins the show, good, bad, or ugly. If the Raiders win, if they lose, if they tie, he joins the show on the following Monday, or if it's a Monday night football game, he'll join us on Tuesday uh, to talk about it. So we'll go back and we'll talk about that game, what he saw from the team. And one of the things he pointed out last week when he joined the show is what he was seeing from Derek Carr as they were on their three-game losing streak was too much sideline-to-sideline passes, needed to start throwing the ball down the field, stretch the field. Throw the ball into the end zone. Give your wide receivers chances. Give Darren Waller chances. And that's what you saw from Derek Carr on Thursday. That was one of the things that really stood out to me from that game. It happened early, and it happened often in the game. I thought that that was something that was a, it was a pleasant surprise because, again, like Jim Plunkett had said, there was too much sideline-to-sideline to side passes had been going on in the previous weeks, and, and this one was different. You saw Derek Carr pushing the ball down the field, got Deshaun Jackson involved early, got him in the end zone early, and then he became a factor throughout the course of the game even without catching a ball just by getting targets. Funny what speed will do for you, right? So the Raiders were able to display that. Jim Plunkett will join us at 2.30 to talk all about it. At 3 o'clock, Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He was there in Dallas. He was right down the, kind of down the, uh, the press box a little bit, probably four or five seats away from me. So we'll get his thoughts on what he saw. We'll get his thoughts on what he heard in the post-game media session, and he will also get his thoughts on what he feels about the Raiders now, 6-5, and five, right there in the thick of things. I mean, a couple weeks ago after the Raiders lost that game to the Bengals and they were on a three-game losing streak, I said, look, just go play the rest of the season, win some more games and see what happens. Fine. But I was my expectations were very low. My expectations going into that game on Thursday were low. Didn't think that the Raiders were going to win it. Now, I did say I wouldn't be shocked because this is the kind of game that the Raiders would just go into and win. When you feel like that they're down and out, that's when you jump up and get a game and say, oh, well, hey, look, here they are. They've arrived. Well, they're 6-5, and five, and by everything that happened over the weekend, they're still right there in the thick of things as far as the AFC West and the AFC in whole. And it's funny, I was just in the media session with Rich Pisacchi and some other members of the media that cover the team, and I was saying, including Vinny Bonsignor, who does In the Huddle, he'll be coming up following me 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920, I said, you know there's a scenario with Kansas City and, and Denver playing on Sunday night that depending on how things shake out, we could all wake up on Monday and I can come on this radio show and be sitting right here at the OYO next Monday talking about a four-way tie in the AFC West. We literally could do that. We could talk about a four-way tie depending on how games go. And, and we're talking about in December? That That never happens, a four-way tie in December. That would be nuts. Now, again, I don't want to look too far ahead. I don't want to start predicting things. Not going to do that. Not even going to talk about the team being a a potential team because, well, you got to go win another game. You want a game against Dallas, go put a win streak together. Go win this week against the Washington football team who you're a better team than. I have no problem saying that. You're a better team than the Washington football team. Go out there and do it. Go get that two-game winning streak and then have the rest of the season to play AFC opponents and then let the chips fall where they may. I mean, that's just reality when it comes to it. So, Uh, A lot of stuff that we'll get to Ed Graney uh, with coming up at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, our final guest of the show will be Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Uh, He had some really good breakdowns on on Twitter that he was putting out about play-action passing and how the Raiders were able to implement that and how that's something that they haven't been able to implement because they haven't had a successful run game in the past few weeks. Well, they did it early in the game, really, in my opinion, even before the run game really got cooking. But it was something that they were able to get, get going And it helped Deshaun Jackson get involved. It helped Zay Jones get involved. It helped Hunter Renfro get down the field. I mean, there were so many different elements that played into it. Uh, The offense basically, in my opinion, looked like the offense that a lot of Raider Nation, who calls this show at 702-365-9200, has been asking for. Push the ball down the field. Push the ball down the field. Stretch the field. Get aggressive. Come out with your hair on fire. I could appreciate that. They went down and scored on their first drive of the game. That's only the second time they've done it all season. They were aggressive from the jump. I could totally appreciate that. I know a lot of folks and a lot of fans don't like when they win the coin toss and they defer to the second half. I love it. Put your defense out there first. Hope that you get a three and out or, you know, get the ball back relatively quickly without any damage, like any points on the board, and then, boom, go capitalize. Cook with grease is what I like to call it. Well, they did that on Thursday. I Man, and then you know that if you play the cards right and you use your timeouts right, and clock management is right, you can usually end up with a chance to score some points before halftime and then get the ball coming out of the locker room. And I'll tell you this, Raider Nation, I know the game went to overtime. It was 36-33, and this is going to lead to my show question for today. That game really should have been a blowout. That game, the Raiders had so many opportunities to just step on the Cowboys' neck and call it a day. And the fans felt it. As a guy who was at the game, the fans felt it. The fans were sitting in the, in, in the, in the stadium thinking, Oh, man, this is about to get out of control. This is about to be bad. This is about to be ugly. But the Raiders weren't able to capitalize. They weren't able to be the sharks and smell the blood in the water and just go kill. They didn't go in for the kill. They let them linger around and hang around and linger around and hang around. And you know what that does? That allows the team to get back into the game, what ultimately the Cowboys did, and it forced overtime. So with that being said, The question I like to bring to the table, I always like to bring at least one question to the table each and every day uh, because I love to hear from Raider Nation, both on the phone line and the text line. What stood out to you the most about the Raiders' win over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving? I'm looking for one positive, and I'm looking for one negative because it wasn't all rainbows and puppy dogs. Again, the game never had to go to overtime. Not complaining about an overtime win. You'll take a win how you can get it. Let's make that perfectly clear right now at 2.13. You'll take a win any way you can get it. But with that being said, you still want to tighten up. You want to. You want to get better at what you're doing. So I'm looking for one positive, one negative. What stood out to you the most about the Raiders' win over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving? 702 Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred Raider Nation listener line. Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and bring in passionate Raider. What's on your mind, my man? What's
0: up, Q? What's up, man?
1: Chilling, man.
0: Man, I hope. The I, only thing I'm worried about right now, man, is that if anyone's going to get sick now. That's what's on my mind. Right. I'm hearing all the stuff about Dallas and the COVID, I'm like, man, this is all we need now to come out Wednesday. Eric Carr, COVID 19 protocol. No, man, but great game, man. It, it was, man. I like I said, man. I woke up on, I woke up on um, Thursday. Just I couldn't even get hyped for the game, man. It's like I just kept thinking, I can't take this loss. If we lose today on, on national television again, we get blown out. I, I don't know how I'm gonna react to this. So right. I was calm all game, but. My positive about the game is the boys come out, put everything to the side, and they played together. They got down and dirty and played together. They kept their heads in it when they made mistakes. They kept grinding. Derek was standing up. Everyone was everyone was on page that game. My my negative with the game is, is what you were just ringing on, man. That you got to put you got to put put stuff on their throat when you got a chance. When you're deferring the ball. I don't mind deferring. I like it, Q. But if you're not going to capitalize at the end of the second, the beginning of the third, you wasted the defer. Right. There was no point in deferring. So that's where, that's where Derek, man, you guys are going to have to get critical and, and come out there. If you got to go to no set, hurry up. That's why I don't know why they didn't come out in that hurry up because they just missed the field goal with 626 left. They had momentum. They should have had to come out with the hurry up and just boom, 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 put it on them. let's go. Let's go to halftime. But you know what? It is what it is. We walked out of there. My my stomach got knocked at the end because I said, that's going to come back to haunt you. Right. And and it, it did, man. It did. So Derek showed us, Derek showed us what he is capable of doing to a very good Dallas defense. There's no excuses for the rest of the season. There is none. That is, that is the standard what he showed us on Thursday on primetime television. Now let's do it again. Let's go, man. Let's go. Good job, Q. Great
1: nation. Thanks for the call, man. Great stuff. Appreciate your passionate Raider. And, yeah, man, again, when you can smell blood in the water, you got to go get it. You know, that's what really good teams do. Now, really good teams, they find ways to win, right? That's what we always say. That's true. But also the truth is really good teams smell that blood in the water, and boom, they pounce on them and don't give them a chance. And that would have been – how much sweeter would that have been if you were sitting around the house on Thanksgiving enjoying your family that's there, or maybe you weren't enjoying your family that was there, but you knew, hey, man, this is in the bag. This is, this is a done deal. This is a wrap, you know. Uh, and there was multiple times in that game, in the first half even, Raider Nation, that I thought, wow, if they jump on it right here – they're going to put them out because the Cowboys were struggling to score. The Raiders' defense was doing a good job. And and I really want to shout out the Raiders' run defense. I really want to shut them out or shout them out, not shut them out, because they shut out the Cowboys. 64 yards on the ground total for a defense that was giving up over 140 yards of running. That's, uh, that's impressive, man. That's impressive. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Way to get us started. I appreciate you. Let's go out to the phone lines one more time. Let's talk to our guy Aaron right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Okay, how about we go out to Raider Reggie? What's on your mind? How you doing?
2: No, I'm ready, Q. What's going on, man? Happy Thanksgiving, even though Thanksgiving is every day. (laughs) Yo, I'm going to just keep it positive. I know you said one good, one bad. I'm going to give you two good, and you just said one. That run defense shocked me because I was very concerned about Zeke being healthy, and us not being able to stop the run. And then also, uh, Pollard, ain't that his last name, Pollard? Yep. For us not to give up any big ones to him, because that's, honestly, he's a threat, man. That boy is something else. And then the other thing, man, Daniel Carlson, we, we got to give him some love, bro. How many, how many kicks you got to take to get those three points, man? Right. And he made four awesome kicks, or was it five total, but just the fact that he made them all and under pressure with all the situations where we're counting on him to get the three points because we didn't go for the seven, it is what it is, man, I'll take the win, but we have to start dominating the Reds. Red yep. And I just can't wait. I can't wait the car gets enough comfort in his body. To go to Jackson like he used to do with Crabtree. Them tight, end red zone passes. He get the ball and throw the ball in the air because it's a touchdown. I cannot wait. Hey, I'm going to see you Saturday night. I'm hoping my guy, Passionate Raider, can get down here. I'm trying to get some uh, some chips together. I'm going to try to help my boy get to one of these games at the stadium. Hey. All of Raider Nation, let's stay positive. Let's look forward to this next win. Let's not overlook our guys, but we know the Raiders could do it. Let's go.
1: Raiders! Raiders. What's up, Demond? There he goes, Raider Reggie right there, and uh, good call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Yeah, my man DeMond Cotton is in the home studio. Definitely appreciate him. We'll bring him into the show in a matter of minutes. Before I get to Eddie in L.A. with his call, I did want to give you a little bit of update. Passionate Raider said, I want to make sure that all our guys are healthy, and what he meant by that is the Cowboys have had multiple guys Test positive for COVID-19, including the head coach, uh, and including other players. Uh, you know, and so that's a problem. Well, just came out. The Raiders have placed long snapper Trent Sieg on the COVID-19 list. All bad. That is all bad. That is your long snapper. Raider Nation, I don't have to remind you, if you've been a Raider fan long enough, that there was a time when a long snapper went out. And then they had to bring in another long snapper, and it was all, I mean, just hells on wheels. It was awful. It was awful. So Trent Sieg being placed on the COVID-19 list is not good. The Raiders also activated defensive back Jordan Brown from the COVID-19 list. So, um, yeah, that's that's bad business in my opinion. Trent Sieg being on the COVID-19 list, uh, don't like that at all. But the Cowboys have had a brash, uh, just hit hard with COVID-19. I believe eight people total, coaches and players total, have uh, tested positive for COVID-19, and they're supposed to play on Thursday against the Saints. So that ought to be an interesting game. But, man, I think that's a lot of bad news right there going back to passionate Raiders call. Trent Sieg on the COVID-19 list. And I'll tell you, I know the Raiders have some things going on at the facilities and everything. And, and, you know, they always are having some kind of – not displays, but they have – um, you know, people in and out or whatever, and there was there's there's been a lot of p- people in and out of the the facility to the point where you know everyone was uh was masked up at the at the facility today. You know, everyone who normally uh, doesn't have to worry about wearing a mask, they all were. So that just kind of lets you know that everything that went on in Dallas, they're obviously doing their testing on the daily, and so that's major. And of course, with a bunch of people coming in and out, they want to make sure they're as careful as possible. So the Raiders are doing everything they can to make sure that they are. Uh, fully taken care of, but Trent Sieg being on the COVID-19 list, that is all bad. One other piece of news I wanted to pass along, going back to the Cowboy game on Thursday, Uh, I don't know if you saw the video of Tristan Hill, he he hit Jonathan Simpson really, really hard after the game, uh, knocked his helmet off, and then he basically ran, he hit him and then ran, Uh, it was really a, a, a soft move for him. But he has been suspended two games for that. Uh, they're calling that unnecessary roughness and sportsmanlike conduct uh, against him. And even though the game was over, but he's been suspended two games for that. So Tristan Hill with a move that I thought was really a, that was a Bush League move, for, for, in my opinion. Uh, and then, well, here you go. Now he's, uh, he's suspended for two games. But uh, the bigger news for me is Trent Sieg being out. I think that that's bad business. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines one more time. Let's talk to our guy, Eddie in L.A. What's on your mind, my man?
3: What's up, Q? Happy belated Thanksgiving to you and everybody out there in Raider Nation. Just like to say, everybody take care of yourself. That's why it's important to get vaccinated. Had this thing. It ain't no joke. Don't want nobody to get it. Hopefully everybody out there, you know, takes care of themselves. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say is about Derek Carr and the Raider Nation. There's this love-hate relationship with him that I just <laughs> cannot understand. I mean, they uh, uh, when he loses it, every... Almost all the members of the radio Nation, or a lot of trackers, shouldn't say all, they continuously only point the finger to him. They fail to realize this is his second interim head coach. Let's think about that for a second. Second interim head coach, okay? He hasn't hasn't been able to play for a full head coach for the entire contract that they were contracted. That's pretty stark. So let's just remember that when we say that. A lot of the things about staying aggressive we like you're talking about, I totally agree, but that goes to the offensive coordinator staff, Okay. Greg Olsen has never been a quality offensive coordinator my, in my head. He, time he had success is when he was coaching with Chucky and somebody else that actually did the play calling. So that's, that, that's in and of itself. Rich Vistachia, please, can someone teach him how to use a timeout appropriately? These are things that we need to master. With this short-term, interim coaching staff, they have to understand we have to be able to put the pedal to the metal on these teams early when we have a shot. That requires us taking shots down the field, not taking unnecessary uh, play calls and uh, with end-arounds with players that are not built with speed than what we have. Finally, we got Renfro out there gutting up the middle of the field with Derek Carr, exactly what I've been asking for for a while. So what this win did allowed everybody in the Raider Nation to take a deep breath, understand there, you know, there's a bunch of chicken littles out there. But the you know, the sky isn't falling. we still got, we still got games to play. Things can go our way. Right now, they're in their best position available. They control their own fate. Win, we got a shot to get in. Lose, we need help from everybody else. I think we got a good shot this week coming up against them. But we cannot take this team lightly. Just nope. we can't take any other teams going up against it. Nope. Okay. But for the, I'll end up by saying this: we got to keep our emotions in check, especially on the field. That that player that you just talked about at the end deserves to get suspended. That has no. No play in this game. But as fans, we also have to remember there's more than one player on this team. Derek Carr can't throw, block, and catch at the same time. All right? So let's let's, let's be happy about this win. Let's remember that we still got a lot of games to play. Things can go in many different directions. Let's keep it positive, baby. Raiders!
1: There he goes, Eddie in L.A. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, gonna, it's, it's the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the position. You know, the quarterback position is going to get all the love and it's going to get all the hate. Like I mentioned, man, coming back from Dallas as I was listening to their flagship station, 105.3 The Fan, they were all, on, they were all over Dak. I mean, Dak was the spawn of Satan. I mean, what, the things I was hearing about Dak are the same things I hear about Derek Carr. And it actually made me feel a lot better. Because I realized, you know what, Raider Nation is not the only fan base that has that love-hate relationship that you're talking about. Uh, the Cowboys have a problem with with Dak too when when he's not performing the way that he should be performing, and believe me, I heard a ton of it while I was in uh, the Lone Star State. So uh, you're not alone. It is uh, it is something. It is definitely a, a major thing. But uh, you're you're right on, and and so again, you uh, you have to. Take every team that's coming up, starting with the Washington football team. You cannot take them lightly. I don't think that the Raiders will. I don't think Rich Basaccio will allow them to. But every team you have to realize is coming for your neck. Every team. Wants to get a W. 2:26 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the OYO Hotel and Casino. Thank you so much for those calls. Got a bunch of texts that we'll get to coming up after we talk to Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ. He's coming up next on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
4: No, actually, we just we had a little bit of a, a meeting in there, and we're getting ready to have another team meeting. But I, I kind of got on him about the exact thing, right? Um, uh, the, the loss. That, we, we didn't get so down that we couldn't go out there and keep preparing. We couldn't go out there and have um, really good, crisp um, physical practices. And now that we've won, you know, we just have to be careful. What I told them was I think when you win a game, you have to be careful with the win masking your problems. When you lose a game, you pick at every single thing that happens in the loss. When you win a game, sometimes the tendency maybe is to skim over the things that you didn't do well and kind of just move on to what's next. So I think we have to do a good job as coaches is to look at the things that we really didn't do well, although we won the game, just like we would if we if we lost it. So we're going to try to do that. We're going to try to have enough self-confidence where we can be self-critical, not only as coaches, but as players as well.
1: There he goes right there. That's interim head coach Rich Passaccia. met with the media earlier today talking about the highs and lows of wins and losses and not to get too high on a win because there's things you didn't do well, and that's what we're talking about. That's a perfect quote to play, Demond, because that's what we're talking about on today's show. Yes, be excited by the victory. W's are great no matter how you get them, but realize it wasn't a perfect product. Realize that there was things in areas that you still need improvement on. Something that Foster Moreau said in the first, well, last week, matter of fact, he said in the media session, hey, you know what, in the first three weeks of the season, we were winning games, but we weren't putting good football on film. That is is such an important, critical area of the game. Uh, There's still plenty of work that the Raiders need to do, but it's great to have work that you have to do coming off a W instead of work that you have to do coming off a loss. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And, DeMond, I know I haven't brought you into the show yet, but you're back in the home studios making everything go. From what you were able to see, I know you are with the family on Thanksgiving, but I know you had the TV on. What you were able to see from the Raiders, what really stood out to you the most?
2: Is that that offense looks good when Deshaun Jackson's in the game.
1: Right. Right, speed speed kills, and you see what it brings to the table, and how it was able to bring something to the table, and able to stretch the field, and really open things up for everyone else. And so I know he didn't have a ton of catches, three for 102 yards on a TD is pretty good. It's a pretty good average right there. And,
2: and then the pa- but the pass interference though like right. I know that you can't include that into a receiver's yard total, but maybe you should sometimes to let people know.
1: Right. Well, no, I mean it goes into it. it's a factor. You know, as long as it's still a, a, a spot foul. It's a major factor, you know. And, uh, of course, he he drew pass interference penalties. Zay Jones pe- uh, drew pass interference penalties. Anthony Brown just had an awful day for the Cowboys. Four P.I. penalties. Awful. And I'll say this before I go any further because that was one of the things I heard which made me laugh uh, as well when I was listening to the radio in Dallas. Uh, I kept hearing, the referees hate us. The league hates us. They're all against us. They want us to fail. The referees are always looking at – Throw the flag on us. That's all I came hearing. I came hearing us and we and the league hates us and all that. You know what I thought about? All the Raider Nation that calls and says, the referees always throw the flags against us. It's never against the other team. The funny thing about it is the Cowboy fans feel the same exact way. And that game on Thanksgiving, 28 total penalties is ridiculous. That should never happen. But as I got into an argument at the barbershop on Saturday when I was there in Central Texas, there was 14 penalties on the Raiders. There's 14 penalties on the Cowboys. So don't give me any of that. The referees were, were pulling for the Raiders or trying to get the Raiders a dub. I was like, man, kick rocks with that noise. And I I know I'm in your I know I'm in your barbershop, but I don't want to hear that. We'll get back to that conversation in a matter of minutes. Right now we have two-time Super Bowl champion Jim Plunkett on the phone line. He joins us each and every week. And Jim, thank you so much for your time. And last week we talked and you mentioned too many sideline-to-sideline to side passes. You wanted to see the ball thrown into the end zone. You wanted to see more north and south. You wanted to see those down-the-field throws. Well, Derek Carr did that early in the game, and he did it often. What did you see from the quarterback on a Thursday?
4: I think, I thought they were much more aggressive than they had been in those, uh, those losses. They were uh... – Incurring, and uh, you know, it turned out to be a big day for Derek Carr. Very proud of the way he played, uh, 24 for 39, 373 yards. Uh, you know, it was, it was a. It, Different Raider team. It was more like the team that was winning those early games and putting the ball down the field and letting our guys go get it.
1: Right. And, you know, I asked you about speed and how much they were missing the the speed of Henry Ruggs. Well, Deshaun Jackson stepped up and was in the end zone early on the first drive of the game. How much of a factor did you see from him on Thursday, and how much do you think he could really help this team moving forward down the stretch?
4: Well, you know, he had three catches for 102 yards. You know, a big day for anybody. And, uh, you know, it uh, was very impressive, you know, averaging 34 yards a catch. You can't get much better right. than that. So he was a good addition, uh, you know, helping those receivers and Derek Carr and the entire offense uh, coming up with those big plays.
1: And the play-action pass, that was something that uh, also that you had mentioned, one of my notes that I would taken, that, that they needed to get that involved and the running game had to help it out. But, Jim, it looked like to me that almost the play-action pass was working a little earlier in the game than even more before the run game really got cooking. What did you see from the play-action pass?
4: Well, you know, I, I thought it helped hold those linebackers and, and defensive backs and uh, make them come up to the line of scrimmage a little bit more. And, you know, it gave our receivers a chance to go out there and run one-on-one uh, if it was man coverage and, and beat the guys down the field. That's exactly what happened. You know, you still got to run the ball a little bit better than we did, but still we rushed for over 100 yards, and, you know, it was a pretty a, a decent day for the running game, and I think that helped the passing game as well.
1: Yeah, I mean that was the first time that Josh Jacobs had ran for more than 20 uh, had more than 20 carries in the season, you know, and I, he still didn't right. get 100 yards, but just to know that they fed him the ball as many times they did, I think that helped out. In a major way, we're talking right now with Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, everything wasn't, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs. I mean, they still struggled in the red zone. They had to settle for field goals instead of getting touchdowns. How do you go about the work week? How do you go about practice continuing to work, 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 and get better in that red zone execution?
4: Well, you know, you do that all week long. You know, you usually have a special period for that during practice. Uh, you know, put your ball on the 20, 25-yard line and, and find a way to get it in the end zone. And the, and the Raiders... Have, in the pass have been very good at that. And, you know, I think, I think they have to maybe work a little bit harder, spend a little more time at it, execute a little bit better and, and get the ball across the goal line and, and not have to rely on, on those field goals. But, you know, it was a great day for the kicker. Uh, you know, I kicked four field goals or five, I can't remember now. Yeah, five. But, uh, he, had a, he, he had a great day.
1: Yeah, he did. Five for five, uh field goals, three right. for three on extra points, and that's that's great to have a reliable guy like that. But I mean those touchdowns really could have buried the Cowboys early in that game and it ended up going to overtime. Is is there a certain guy that maybe you see on the team that you say, you know what, he should be more effective or he could possibly be more effective in the red zone?
4: Well, you know, it's hard to say. I, you know, I always like the big tight ends and uh, you know, that that to me was a big factor inside the twenty. Uh got size, got speed. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it was a little banged up, and 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 it was t- t- difficult to contribute. But you know, I I really like the tight ends down there.
1: What about a guy like Brian Edwards? He's a wide receiver, but he's got some size yeah. and he's got some pretty good hands. What about him?
4: Oh yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, you you want a guy who can you know, even if you don't beat the defender really well, you can you know, you can block him out by you know, getting him behind you, and he has a tough time reaching over the top of. Reaching around the receiver. So, you know, I, I like the bigger guy. And, you know, and not only that, I like the quick guy, too. You know, you take your pick, but, you know, you have to have somebody who, who can be very reliable down there and has to have great hands because sometimes you have to put the ball, you know, up and away from the defender and, you know, make, and have the receiver come down with a grab.
1: You know, we always talk about football and football players, and and, and the ones that separate themselves from the good players to like the alpha dogs. It's just a mindset. Is scoring in the red zone? Is that a little bit of a mindset as well? Like I'm going to get in the end zone. We're not settling for three here.
4: Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, it is a mindset. You know, we're going to get the ball across that goal line one way or the other. And uh, you know, your offensive linemen have to dig in. Your defense, uh, your running backs uh, have to, you know, if they have to block, block. If they have to go out in a route, do it. But Get the ball across the goal line. You know, it's uh, it's fortunate that we had so many opportunities down there. But you know, you got to turn them into the scores because you know it was a very close game. You, know, you go overtime, and uh, you come away with a win. But you, know, you could have settled, settled that game a little earlier in the in the in the in the contest.
1: Right, absolutely. We're talking again with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And I asked this question earlier to Rich Passaccia, and I know this is different than when you played because there wasn't quarterbacks swapping in and out. There wasn't, you know, Mariota packages when you were playing. But I, I wonder about the, how, how you time it perfectly so you don't ruin the rhythm of a drive. You know what I mean, by bringing the, another quarterback in to run a specific style of play, could that possibly mess up the, the, the drive and the rhythm that you have offensively?
4: You know, I like to think not. You know, they're putting them in there for a reason, whether it be to run the ball, uh, sprint out and throw it, or just drop back. You know, sometimes, you know, it's an advantage. They have to make adjustments on defense. Uh, and, you know, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. Sometimes the quarterback gets a little upset because he's feeling good. He's moving the ball down the field. And all of a sudden, he's got to come out. But, you know, uh, you know, I think that's up to the coach in uh, you know, certain situations that if he feels comfortable doing it. Uh, you know, then go ahead and do it.
1: <laughs> Derek always says that he wants Mario to throw him a pass. He wants to catch a touchdown <laughs> w- would Jim Plunkett have wanted to catch a touchdown?
4: Oh yeah, well absolutely you know <laughs> uh, I've thrown a few, but uh, i haven't caught too many uh, in the end zone, but uh, you know. I would give it
1: a shot. <laughs> that would be awesome. Would love to see that again. We're talking to Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So I, I know this is you know, this is early in the week still. We haven't really quite turned a page onto the Washington football team. They're actually in action tonight against Seattle. But if you're in that right. locker room and you know that you're in the thick of things right now, even though you've you've lost a couple of games that you probably should have won, you fumbled a few opportunities, you're still in the thick of things. What is the mindset in the locker room? What is the conversation between the leaders in the locker room?
4: Well, you know, I think uh, you know, once in a while the leaders get together in the locker room, don't have any coaches, and, you know, come some of the uh, players who are leaders on that team, whether it be offense or defense or special teams, you know, usually get up and say a few words. You know, we've got an opportunity. Uh, you know, we're on the cusp of, you know, making the playoffs, and, you know, let's bear down, let's do our jobs, let's study hard and let's go out and play football. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, coming, coming from the players themselves kind of, you know, revs up uh, everybody else on the team.
1: Have you ever seen a season like this where we're knocking on the door of December and nothing has been decided yet, really?
4: Oh, yeah, I know how to use uh, yeah, You look at the uh, league up and down. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, even the teams that are, are, are winning still have several losses. It's, it's pretty unpredictable at this point. I've never seen so many teams, you know, in a position to still make the playoffs this late in the season.
1: Right. And that's what's the crazy thing about it is. I mean, I've mentioned it. Like the Raiders have had opportunities to really kind of take advantage and make moves in the AFC West, and they haven't done it. But they're not out of it, you know. I mean, they're still right there with a lot to play. So it's going to be really interesting. One more question for you. Uh, Darren Waller, he might not play. He's got this knee injury that that Rich Versace is calling week to week. If he doesn't play and the team doesn't have to game plan for him, who has to, in your opinion, step up to kind of fill that void?
4: Well, you know, you know, it could be any one of a number of players. You know, he's the big, strong tight end, uh, you know, the backup tight end, which I can't think of right now. Uh, you know, has to <laughs> fill that role. And, you know, I think and he's very capable of doing that. But you know, sometimes you have to rely on other people as well. But, uh, you know, I think they have enough depth at tight end to, 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 you know, play pretty, pretty well at that position.
1: And they have, in my opinion, they have enough players, they have enough weapons to be able to spread the ball around like Derek did on Thanksgiving and, and really kind of make up for it because they were able to, to do it with him being out of the game, and he left the game pretty early.
4: Yeah, yeah he did when he got injured. And, but, you know, eight different uh, receivers caught passes. Uh, Derek really spread it around. Uh, they couldn't key in on any single uh, receiver during the course of a ball game because, you know, he was thrown to everybody and making it work. And it was I was very happy to see uh, – Derek play as well as he did after, you know, a couple of stumbling games that, you know, he didn't play his best.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Snapping the three-game winning streak, losing streak was a big deal, and, and it gets him right back in the thick of things, like I mentioned, with the game going up against the Washington football team on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Well, Jim, thank you so much for your time. As always, we do appreciate you. I look forward to talking to you next Monday, and hopefully we're talking about a two-game winning streak.
4: You bet. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Thank you very much
1: absolutely there he goes a two-time super bowl champ right there jim plunkett joins the show each and every monday following a win following a loss or a tie it does not matter he's going to join the show to talk about what he saw from the offense and one of the biggest things that he pointed out last week was hey too much side to sideline to sideline too much you know dumping it off to the the, the running back in the flats you gotta stretch the field gotta push the ball down the field Derek did that early he did it often and uh, obviously one of the biggest keys to the game on thanksgiving so we definitely appreciate his time 244 is the time when we come back live from the underground lounge inside the oyo hotel and casino i got a bunch of prizes here on the table including a hooters 2022 calendar so you can start preparing your next year we got some made in the say uh, in the sun sunglasses that you can have here some really good ones some black ones some red ones got some good looking sunglasses that you can get hooked up with t-shirts koozies cups I'll kind of hook up for you. Just come up to the table, say what's up, and we'll get you hooked up just like that. Of course, we're preparing for Monday Night Football. The Seattle Seahawks and the Washington football team will be on these these TVs a little bit later on this evening. 2.44 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness.
5: Unnecessary Roughness.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. 2.49
1: 2.49 is the time. I have a few minutes left here in hour number one of Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. We encourage you to come on by, stop at the bar, pick up a ve- beverage or two, and uh, get some good food here also. And uh, get hooked up and prepare yourself for Monday Night Football Seattle in Washington. We're going to be hanging out here uh, through at least halftime. So come on by. And, and all, on top of that, I have a bunch of stuff to give out free. I live by a motto, if it ain't free, it ain't me, and I'm trying to get you hooked up. I'm trying to give you all the free that you possibly could want and desire. It's all right here on the table for you. Plus, I have a little bit in the background as well. If I run out of stuff here, I can hook you up with some more. So come on by, say what up, though, and uh, and get hooked up just like that. Now, earlier – this morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and uh, Hondo Carpenter, uh, and Clay does a fantastic job. Hondo does a fantastic job, and Heidi Fang also does a fantastic job. Oh, and Mike Pritchard, who's on on Fridays as well. Uh, Clay has a, a just a great tailgate going on, just a great tailgate atmosphere. Uh, they had a really good guest, uh, Doctor Pinegar from the from. Uh, he, he's a doctor here locally in uh, Las Vegas, and he actually joined the show to talk about Darren Waller's injury, and I forget exactly what it's called, but it's a it's a strain of the knee injury the uh, it is that what it's called the it band or is that what it is damon yep yep okay the it band it's got a strain so uh i've never heard of the it band strain Uh, i hear that it's not a real serious injury i actually hear that it's positive news on waller but did not know so shout out to clay for for getting the doctor on to explain it so here's the explanation of uh, darren waller's injury and, and how much time he may miss
3: the rehabilitation is going to be a lot of massage, a lot of deep tissue work. The impact is going to create a lot of inflammation. So there's a lot of swelling control that he's going to be working on, a lot of massage work, and then that repetitious flexion and extension, which a bike is perfect for. A bike, a rower, doing some squats and just pushing that fluid out so that this tissue will stop being so irritated. I would sure expect him to be back within a few weeks. This is not typically one that lingers long. Uh, maybe not this coming week, but within two to three, I sure hope we'll see him back on the field.
1: So there you go. Uh, quick, fast, and to the point. Dr. Pinegar on the morning tailgate this morning with Clay Baker explaining about the injury and that he may miss a week or he may miss two. And that kind of echoes what Rich has said later on today when he met with us. He said, hey, you know, he's week to week right now. Him and Carl Nassib both week to week injuries. So uh, I, I would right now on Monday say that I wouldn't expect to see Waller on Sunday. But you know, things could always happen. He ends up he can go out there and, and end up playing, and we could be talking about him having a monster game on Monday. Who knows? But from the sounds of it, he sounds like he's probably most likely to miss at least a week with that injury. Now, I do want to get to, before we get to Ed Graney, kick off hour number two of the show, I did want to get to a few text messages because we got a bunch of them coming in, and I do appreciate it. 69187, keyword r That's the Salmon Ash text line. Hit up SalmonashLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Uh, how about this one? I asked the question, what stood out to you the most about the Raiders' win over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving? I'm looking for one positive and one negative because it wasn't all rainbows and puppy dogs. It wasn't all clean. There was a lot of areas that the Raiders still need to clean up, but they'll do that coming off a victory. It's a lot easier to do that coming off a victory than it is coming off a loss. My man all-day Raider A says, Q, my positive from the game was Carr moving his feet in and out of the pocket and pushing the ball down the field. My negative was the clock management and the pre-snap penalties. Side note, the line judge who didn't throw the flag on Abram for the kind of late hit out of bounds was my 8th and ninth grade math teacher. I texted him after a game about the call, and he said Abram was pulling up and was just trying to slow down, and the Cowboys cried too much anyway. LOL. That's funny. That is hilarious right there. Raider A, he said that that was his 8th and ninth grade math teacher. I I was shocked that they didn't throw the flag on that. I thought that they would definitely get Abram for a late hit, but uh, there you go. There's the reason why right there. And you know what? To tell you the truth, there were so many flags that were thrown, they, they could let a couple go by. There was way too many. 28, to be exact, was just ridiculous. Abram
2: saved himself on that play by doing the immediately try to help him up. The immediate, yeah. My bad, my bad. You yeah.
1: You, 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 you. It's, it's almost like, you know what he did? When, when I saw that and I saw the replay multiple times, I thought of a guy who totally disrespects you by saying something and then says, with all due respect, <laughs> you know what I mean, like really tries to get that in there before you have a chance to, you know, to, to, to respond. Like, hey, you, didn't, you know, respectfully, just like what Derek Carr did to me in the media session. You were there, DeMond, when in the media session I asked him about getting the ball down the field against the Bengals and why it took so long, and he said, you can write whatever you want or you can say whatever you want to say. And he said, respectfully. So before I had a chance to be like, oh, man, okay, <laughs> you got me on that one. He said, oh, uh, respectfully. So Because he knew how
2: like, it sounded, like, you know, coming out. it's was like, yeah, I mean that- like that
1: it sounded kind of like he was a, you know, kind of a, a D-bag, you know what I mean? It was like, wait a minute, I'm asking you a question, and really I probably should have followed up with this. I'm actually asking you because I don't want to say whatever I want to say. I'm asking you because I want to know what was on your mind. And it's so funny, even though that was two weeks ago, that, that moment and that exchange between me and Derek Carr, it still plays back in my head. And I keep thinking to myself, why didn't I just – Get them on and tell him to give me the mic back again and ask, well, okay, that's fine and good. I'm glad that you've been a Raider fan for 20 years and you want to win. But I don't want to say whatever I want to say. I want to say what you, what's going on in your mind, what you think was the reason why it took, you know, till the fourth quarter to get the ball down the field. I, uh, I really hate that I didn't ask, ask him that, and I hate that it plays back in my mind. But uh, you study long, you study wrong, and apparently I studied wrong on that one. Uh, let's go out to the phone line real quick and talk to our guy Sal in Vegas. Then we'll take a break. Sal, what's on your mind? Hey, Q. What's going down, man? Chilling, man. Chilling.
5: <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. My, my, my takeaway was, or uh, actually, what I learned that we can do is park can move those feet, man. When he was took off with that sprint down the sideline, uh, that was awesome to see. You know, uh, it gives us one more weapon to use during the game time. And and I have to agree with with the other the other callers that you know penalties, man. We got to figure out a way. You know, some of those are knickknack, but, you know, some of those weren't. And we got to really, you know, focus on those penalties because if we can get that down just a little and the way we're playing, it's going to be a whole different uh, ball game coming down the stretch. And I wanted to add, I just heard that uh, dude that sucker-punched uh, Simpson at the end of the game, he just got suspended. Did you hear that?
1: Yeah, two-game suspension for Tristan Hill. Yep.
5: Yeah, what do you think about that, man? That's crazy. I, I mean, he didn't even get that much uh, coverage. If that was one of our players, that would have been all
1: over the media, man. Well, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. I'll say this. Uh, I saw the video on Friday, and so one of those, I don't want to say Friday news dumps, but that's when I saw the video was on Friday. And so I tweeted out immediately, oh, that's going to that's going to cost them some money. And then multiple people that have sources inside the league—not me—but people that have that said that he was going to get a heavy fine, but no suspension. Well, here you go. A couple days later, and the suspension is out. The NFL has already released the email. I tweeted it out a little while ago uh, at your boy Q two five four, and also at R and R nine twenty a.m. I tweeted out the uh, the league statement and why they gave a two league a two days two game suspension. But I think that that was right. You know, it was a sucker punch after the game. After the game, I understand getting mad in the heat of the moment. And I'll tell you this, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys, I'm not a big fan of the jersey exchange and all the hugging and kumbaya after the game. I'm just not. That's just, I don't know, it's just in me. That's the competitor of me. Like, I don't want to hug and, and you know, and, and bro it out, give the bro love after I just got my tail whooped. I, I don't, I'm not that guy. But I get it, man. You know, these guys are friends. They grew up together. They went to school together. They competed against each other. So they know each other. So I get it. But. It was kind of funny seeing that happen after the game that, you know, there was obviously no love lost between Simpson and Hill who battled all the game long. And to see that Simpson got under his skin so much that he had to sucker punch him and hit him in his helmet, which that never makes any sense to hit a guy in his helmet because the helmet's going to win every single time. I thought it was kind of cool.
2: But the uh, helmet did fly off though. So the he helmet would so have came with another one.
1: Yeah. If he had came with a combo now, it would have been different. But you see what he did after he hit the helmet off. What did he do? He took two steps back looking for the, the guy to get in the middle. It's almost like the school. it's a a fight at the school when you really don't want to fight and you might throw a punch and then you wait for your homeboy to get in the middle and, man, you're lucky they're holding me back. Man, you're lucky they're holding me back because if not, then it would be on. But you know that there's no way you're getting through that crowd of people. That's kind of what it looked like. It was definitely a sucker punch and the two-game suspension is definitely what he deserved. And you mentioned Derek Carr's uh, wheels and and I'll uh, take a break after this. It's so funny. I had a buddy that went to that Cowboy game and he's a Cowboy fan, he had really good seats and, and I actually met up with him on Saturday and he said, Q, you know, you know what really stood out to me the most about the Raiders and the and the game? I was like, What? And he's like, Man, Derek Carr has some really good feet. Derek Carr is a, Derek Carr is able to really move in the pocket and it's so funny. All I could do was say, Yeah, he's he's got it, man. That twenty two yard run was was nice. It's so funny because we always talk as fans and media about Derek Carr moving the pocket and and keeping plays alive with his feet, and he doesn't do it that often, and all of a sudden a Cowboy fan who's not paying attention to the Raiders sees Carr on the big stage go and do that. It's like, hey, man, that dude's mobile. He's he's running around. That was impressive, and it was. It was an impressive play, but unfortunately you just don't see it enough from D.C. But, man, that was pretty impressive for him to recognize the coverage and realize that he had a whole sideline that he could sprint down for as many yards as he could possibly get, and he picked up 22, so I was impressed with that. Two of the time. We're at the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We'll come back, kick off hour number two. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll kick things off with us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.